T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On the Billiken Sports Network, from Learfield, welcome to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Life is for living. Let's partner for all of it. Learn more at edwardjones.com. Now, the Billiken Basketball Radio Show. From the Travis Ford Broadcast Center at Chaffetz Arena, it's the Coaches Show. Right here on KMOX. I'm Bob Ramsey. That's Travis Ford. Coach, this is now the Travis Ford Broadcast Center. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're broadcasting from my office, so that's a, a new view. It is a new view. Um, well, a couple of days later, uh, it was, uh, and we haven't really had a show in two weeks, three weeks, whatever. So a lot of things have happened, ups and downs. Always the most recent things are the most memorable. Let's get to them specifically in a minute but you guys came home saturday night sunday was a day off and you just finished practice today correct yeah but you know we're having to take um two weeks off because we had three games last week uh which you know my 25 years as a college head coach i've never had a february like we've had as many games as we've had back to back this last two and a half week span is uh is is unprecedented for me uh you know, it's it's been so many quick turnarounds for our games uh, that there's been very, very few practices, um, just a lot of mental preparation uh, from that standpoint. So, yeah, we took off yesterday and um, got back at it today. We kind of had some high hopes, and uh, we'll play a couple of highlights here. The uh, had some high hopes. The offense was clicking pretty good at St. Bonaventure. You really steamrolled LaSalle at home last Wednesday. And we had a couple of plays here. Jim, what's the first one? Oh, Gibson Jimerson. And it, it was one of many. It wasn't one of his 25-point games, but it was a big one, and it sounded like this. Hand it off. But suddenly... Racing down the floor, Collins gets it to Jimerson, sidestep three, bang, got it from the left wing. Before we get to the next one, he is, uh, he's really developed that sort of side. You know, we talk about step backs, but he sidestep. And that's what we call it, shot fake sidestep. Uh, that's great three-point shooters all have that in their, in their game at this point. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one weapon he's going to need. At this time of year, I actually talked to Gibson about it today. Nothing's going to come easy. I no. wouldn't, you know, shame on the other team. So you've got, you know, you everybody knows that Gibson's developed into a great player, uh, and that we run, you know, a lot of different things for him. So, you know, to be ha- to have different uh, shots within in, within your repertoire and your package is is really big. And that shot fake, people are going to be running at him. And, uh, you know, he's really developed, uh, you know, a mid-range game. He's uh, getting to the foul line. And that little shot fake sidestep has been a real good weapon for him. You know, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent. You and I do that sometimes. But there was that stretch where Gibson didn't get to the free throw line. And I know it's something that he has to always focus on. And the other thing that some of us lament is that he's getting fouled every play off the ball. Now, off the ball doesn't necessarily lead to free throws. It can but that has been a an, an ongoing um, focus to get to the free throw line. Well, yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's they're not calling near the fouls that he should be having called for him. They're yeah. holding a lot off the ball 
as he's coming off screens. And, you know, I've complained until, you know, I'm red in the face about it. Um, but, you know, it's it's what's amazing. If you go back and look at how many free throws we were attempting per game coming into conference compared to how many we're taking in conference, it's uh, a huge discrepancy. And we haven't changed the way we play. So, you know, we're, yeah. it just seems like we're, you know, teams are seem to be shooting free throws against us. We're not getting the free throw line as near as much as we want to. And it's something we talk about to our team a lot. We need to get to the free throw line, get, you know, but uh, for whatever reason, um, it, it, it things have swung here in conference play drastically from how many times we were getting to the foul line non-conference. And it, yeah, and to emphasize the point, if it was a subtle thing, a couple here or yeah. there, maybe maybe uh, scoring down, everybody knows everybody, but you play the same way, if anything, harder. That's kind of what I was, I was mentioning it to Stu today. We were talking about and I said, be honest with you, we're probably in the paint more now than we were. Yeah. We were shooting probably more threes in non-conference than we are right now uh, in – you know, you would think that we would be getting to the foul line more. The more times you get the ball in the paint, whether you're driving it or whether you're throwing it into the post, is what usually generates, you know, yeah. uh, fouls. But we're just, you know, we're we're not getting uh, we're not getting to the foul line and getting as not even close as you said. If it was two or three here and there, you wouldn't say a whole lot. But it's a pretty big discrepancy. I don't even know what it is at this point. I knew what it was last week. Uh, the discrepancy. I, I'm, uh, be honest with you, I'm tired of complaining about it. So yeah. I mean, you probably just need to shut up. Well, but, we'll, uh, we'll move on uh, <laughs> and, and leave it to me to keep an eye there on. There you go. I'm I'm trying to get the ear of the commissioner. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> she was on with us at halftime. Oh, good. And good. I asked her about scheduling. Oh, nice. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> I'd like to hear that one. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute I'd like too. To hear that. Back uh, back to the LaSalle game last week. Uh, Terrence Hargrove had some fun. Collins brings it back. Collins to the right wing, now high in the corner. Wants some movement, says clear out for me. Skip pass, he has Hargrove, jumper, bang! It's a three! T.J. Hargrove, junior! Yeah, he just attacked it, and I noticed um, for a couple of games, it seemed more and more, and especially against LaSalle, Yuri uh, uh, was really direct in traffic. Yeah, you know, we, um, coming off two tough games against St. Bonaventure, two close games. Yep. Hard fault games, uh, and then we had one day to get back from St. Bonaventure. We time the time the game was over at St. Bonaventure. We had less than forty eight hours until until we played, so we had to uh, hustle on back. And so we were a little concerned about the LaSalle game, the quick turnaround. But our guys, I was really really proud of them. Really responded, probably played as well offensively as a team as we have in a while. And that's mm-hmm. something that I'm we're trying. We I thought against Davidson, we got back to. A lot of individual play, um, breaking down our offense too much, holding on the ball a little too much, taking what I call my turn shots. Haven't shot in a while, so I might take one. You'll never, we'll never survive. That's just, we're not built like that. You know, we need to have our offense help us score. And I thought in the LaSalle game, we ran offense and we let our offense create the points for us. And, uh, you know, we we need to get back to that. But I thought it was a a very well-balanced game, uh, especially offensively. And then finally, the only guy that has been perfect this year at the end of the game, Andre Lorenzen, got an exclamation point. Brantley wants some movement, crossover, then steps back for an 18-foot jump. No good. Weak side rebound. Marki Strickland fires at the length of the floor. Lorenzen, jump stop, jam time! (laughs) The big sweep! That was fun, and it's good to see those guys get in and and do some things and have some fun. It's always great uh, that everybody gets an opportunity to play and it's always good to see those guys score and the bench really cheering for their teammates. So it's always positive. So that was ninety sixty four, and and it was uh, it, that was where you kind of had high hopes. Now let's talk about going to Davidson, and we'll get to some highlights in a moment. We have some. I mean, there was you must have searched hard. <laughs> Jim Jackson's been working on it for the last two days. Yeah. Um, you go you, you go in there. Let's let's first talk about. I was impressed, and we'll talk about their shot-making and all that stuff, but I thought uh, they they guarded better than I thought they would. Now, was that because of us being culpable, or was that them? No, they, they were really, really um, 
uh, locked in defensively yeah. as well as I see. And, 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 you know, I know everything sounds like an excuse, and it is an excuse to an extent, but, and, but this is giving them credit more than anything in the fact that, you know, we had a game on – we had played on Saturday, and they hadn't played since Monday. So they were really well prepared for us, really well prepared. Now, that's, that's credit to them. Yeah, they should they're, be, they're, right. You know, yeah. they, and they guarded us a little bit different than they had been guarding a little bit. So they were able to change a few things. Uh, we hadn't seen them play zone pretty much all year. And then they threw a zone at us at times. So give them credit for using those days. And they were, you know, as I told our team even today, because we didn't spend much time on it at all. We didn't spend any time. We need, I've, I've been a part of those games before where I even said it to somebody yesterday on the radio that even if we played well, we're probably not winning that game. They were locked in. Yes. They played at a very high rate. We've all had those type games where everything's going right for you on both ends, and give them credit. Yes, they were great on the offensive end, and I would say they made 14 threes. About nine of them they earned. They earned. Maybe four we weren't there. We didn't rotate. So but it wasn't where. No. Oh my gosh, our our three no, point defense. Nine of them we were yeah. within. We were right. I mean, they just made some tough shots and. Give them credit. Yeah. Uh, and then they really <laughs> guarded us on the other end. They defended us as well as probably anybody's defended us. So give them credit. And uh, when a team comes out, and the w- one thing I did tell the team and um, today, and we like I said, we didn't spend two minutes on it hardly. We didn't watch film on it. We just moved on. But I did say, you know, what happens, and I've been a part of it, where a team comes out and they're really hot from three, and then all of a sudden you're trying to get it all back really, really quick, which made us speed our offense up, and guys started going one-on-one. Um, and as I told them, I, I needed to do a better job to get you guys to slow down. But with 14 minutes to go in the game, it's an 11-point game, and we have the ball. And at this point in time, I think they'd made 11 threes. So it's like they'd been, made a, been playing amazing, and we're only down 11 with the basketball. Right. So we could have cut it to eight, could have cut it to nine, two, three, three possession game possibly. But we take a really bad shot, and, of course, they come down and make a three. So now it's back to, you know, 14-point game and, you know, just never could get it down to single digits to make it interesting. I don't want to belabor it because you didn't with the team, but I'm just curious, um, as I sat there and watched, and I don't know if this is a focus thing, bad luck, credit the defense i don't know but it seemed like we missed an inordinate amount of layups again well we track it and uh, we we stat it throughout the game we stat it after the game in the first 10 minutes of the game or 11 minutes they'd made nine threes and then we had missed eight shots within two feet or closer eight shots and that's just a bad combination yeah. a terrible combination you know, we didn't play well at all, and they played great, and they were a big reason we didn't play well. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. They just outplayed us. They were the much, much better team on Saturday. Jim Jackson worked very, very hard to find two highlights. This <laughs> yeah, one, I this one he from, did. <laughs> this one from Jordan Nesbitt. Scoops it over to Collins on the right side. Gets it back to Nesbitt, drives into a double team, then a crossover fadeaway jumper. Yes! Just able to shoot over the top, got in a nice little rhythm that time for the mid-range jumper, his first. And then finally, the one guy who did try, and I felt like he kind of got things going again in the second half, was Yuri Collins, and he did this late. Collins brings it back. Yuri, hesitation move, got in deep. He's fouled off the glass. Yes! Yuri Collins. Whistle foul, count the basket. Free throw good. Three-point play, well done. So, that's it. We'll put it away. Yeah, good idea. Uh, we'll put it away. Sure. So now St. Joe's comes in, and I don't. It doesn't. I've never really seen any sort of indicators that guys get up for the good teams and don't pay attention to the bad teams. You, you and the staff do a great job of making guys focus on the assignment at hand. Uh, the next game in front of them. St. Joe's comes in. They've been up and down. Uh, they've got a, a different kind of team, don't they? With bigs that want to step out and shoot a volume threes. Yeah, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna shoot the three uh, from four positions, the one through four. 
Uh, and those four guys are shooting five or more threes a game. Uh, a couple of them are shooting six threes or averaging taking six threes a game. Uh, you know, a prolific three-point shooting team. Uh, but it's not an indication of their wins and losses, whether they make threes or don't make threes. Uh, really? You know, you look at it. But, uh, you know, but they uh, they they can really shoot it. They're one of, uh, I think, 36% of their shots come from uh, points. 36% points come from threes, and that's like top 20 in America. Uh, but really talented. They got a freshman point guard leading, actually leading them in scoring that uh, is, is, is very, very talented. They got a young man named Hall who was their starting point guard last year who actually put his name in the draft after his freshman year last year because he was getting some looks. He's that talented. And since they have another point guard, they've kind of moved him off the ball, and they'll share – bringing the ball up. They're both going to play 38 minutes a game. Um, he's very talented. They got young man Funk, who, yeah. who's been there. seems like he's been there forever, <laughs> is one of the better three-point shooters at the four spot in our league. Um, yeah, this is a really good team. You know, St. Joe's, put, I said, I don't know what else I got to tell you guys other than they beat Richmond by 30 at Richmond. Uh, I mean, that says a lot. It says a whole lot. About three games ago, they were at Davidson and had Davidson beat in overtime. At Dave, the where yeah. we'd so I said so this should put it in perspective. You, you know what we where we just went, how things went. They should have beat them two games ago. Two games ago for them, I think it was, and they didn't even make shots that game. They just made a few shots. It wouldn't even have been a close game. Wow, it, it, it's an impressive team. Uh, you know they've lost I think three games in overtime in our league. A lot of tough games, but very, very talented offensively. Let's talk more about that. We'll take a break. We'll talk uh, more about that. It's, uh, we may have a special guest coming up from the locker room and a few more things with Travis Ford. It's the Billiken Coaches Show right here on KMOX. Welcome back. It's the Billiken Coaches Show with Travis Ford. I'm Bob Ramsey. Glad you're with us. I was looking up some numbers. <clears throat> Excuse me. St. Joe's comes in. Uh, Jordan Hall, point guard. Averaging um, 14 points, six rebounds, 155 assists. He's six seven. Yeah, he's 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 on a lot of NBA boards. Man. You know, NBA likes him. Um, like I said, he's the player who was a great freshman in our league last year. We didn't play St. Joe's last year, but a great freshman in our league who put his name in the draft at the end of the year. I mean, that's the type of looks he was getting. Decided not to keep it in there, but you see the effect he has from points to assists to rebounding uh he he has a big big influence on their team so when and, and you know we noticed at um at davidson um a, 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 an entire team of real long athletes is that kind of what you're looking at with st joe's too they are their point guards <clears throat> a little small you know last year they were very long because jordan hall was the only point guard he played 35 minutes at point now they signed this other freshman point guard who's really really good um will, you know, be up for freshman of the year in our league. Um, and now they play them both. They play them both together the whole game. They don't care who brings it up. Hall will probably bring it up a little bit more. But if you ask them, they would probably say Reynolds is their point, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they'd say. Uh, but uh, they were very, very long last year. Their point guard's a little bit smaller, 6'2". Uh, but the rest of them are all 6'4". Five, six, six or taller. Yep. So when you see your athletic perimeter guys, does that ever be a concern? Is that a concern? But your guys are so athletic when you're talking about TJ and, and Fred and, and Jay Nez. Does, does it matter to you? Not really. I, I don't, didn't think I so. I don't get too caught up into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're just trying to put our best players out on the court and we don't get too caught up in the – you know, size and all those right. things. And, you know, right now, you know, Fred is our starting four man, and he's 6'2", 6'3". So, from that standpoint, we're an extremely small team. Yeah. Uh, if But, you know, um, it, it, it doesn't, you know, I don't think that's a big factor when it comes to winning and losing. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's more of uh, efficiency. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. So um, what are the things, um, obviously without giving away game plan, but just some general things you got through practice today focusing on you said it's more mental than physical in practice now well we went a little bit harder today just because we had a day off just yeah. to get their wind going taking a day off you know just laying around so we went a little bit harder we had to guard their stuff a little bit they they run an nba type offense that they're going to try to score they're like uh, top 50 in the country in pace um obviously we talked about what the three-point line means to them three-point shot and it's, uh, it's important to their team so we've got to be a, you know, we've got to do a great job. Set a lot of ball screens, ball screen defense, going to have to be really, really on point. Um, uh, obviously, guarding how they get a lot of their threes, driving kicks. So that starts with great one-on-one defense so we don't have to overhelp. Um, and then they're getting 11 offensive rebounds a game. We've got to block out and make sure we don't get those, allow them the second shots and then Oh, defensively, they're they're solid defensively, very solid. Uh, don't make a lot of mistakes. They're not going to get out and pressure you necessarily. Uh, a lot of positional defense with their five-man and different things like that. It's kind of hard to get into chalk talk on the radio. But yep. so you play, I guess, top 50 in slow pace against Davidson. Now top 25 or top 50 in fast pace. And both teams like to shoot threes. So what what are the what are some of the differences that you have to focus on defensively against in the difference between the two? Oh, it's probably night and day. Um, Davidson is a lot of screening action, a lot of movement, and a lot of you know what we would call kind of motion type offense. Um, and then where St. Joe's is more of spread it out, ball screens. They'll set some staggers. They have some staggers and some pin downs and things, but it's more of spacing you out, trying to create threes off driving kicks or off a ball screen and skips and different things like More like, that. More like you're saying, the NBA kind yeah, of pro very, style. Very similar. Absolutely. Very similar. Interesting. So um, we've – how much time do we have in this segment? Let's, I want to get into it a little bit. We do have a little bit. And I don't want to belabor it, but it is the big story in college basketball about the altercation between um, Michigan and Wisconsin um, – Really pretty ugly, and this is me saying I just thought a lot of dumb stuff from both sides that just who's going to be dumber in the next move? And one guy did something, then the next, and then the next. It, it really unfortunate for college basketball. Yeah, no question about it. It wasn't uh, a good look. It wasn't a good thing at all. Um, very unfortunate. But I was asked about it today from all the TV guys and everything, Yeah, uh, and uh, we talked about it uh, fairly extensively. Uh, because it's one of those things I've probably been through a thousands upon thousands of handshake lines yeah. from middle school to junior league to AAU. Everybody does a la- I mean, everybody does a handshake line. Yep. So you, I've been through thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, and so you kind of take it for granted. Never thought about it until you something like this happens. You know, yeah. every once in a while you'll see some players maybe say something or something to each other, or you might see a coach do a blow-by. We call it blow-by or something. And I say, you know, you really – you just kind of take it for granted that everything's going to be okay. Now, it made me start thinking about it last night late, about, wow, you know, we probably need to continue to always remind our team because 
more I start thinking about it, I'm surprised it doesn't happen. Uh, maybe a few altercations amongst players because they've been all they've just been in a 40 minute battle against each other, and there's things that happen in a game that, thank goodness, they don't carry over 99.99% of yeah. the time. But you start thinking about it, you're in an emotional game. You're in a hard-fought game, and people are pushing and shoving and blocking out and diving for loose balls and screening each other. And thank goodness those things don't carry over. So, like I said, the extreme, extreme mass majority of the time, you don't ever even think about it. But we do start that we do remind our guys if there was ever a little scuffle in a game or something happens. I haven't even thought about it, but we do remind our guys don't do anything stupid. You go down the bench, gets ten seconds to go in the game, twenty seconds to go. Don't everybody just you know let's don't do anything crazy in this late in the shake shaking hands line. So uh, you know, yeah, it's one of those things you little bit you kind of take for granted until something you've been through it so many times and it's coming. It's almost a formality <laughs> at the end of a game. It's just a formality because you've done it so many times. But I also told you know the weird part was when we weren't doing it during COVID. COVID last so year. So that was what was weird. You didn't think you always took it for granted until you didn't do it, and then you're like getting ready to go shake hands, like oh oh they told us not to, and you just kind of start pointing at each other. Um, you know, good game, whatever it is. So, yeah, very, very unfortunate. Um, but I said, gosh, like I, I've been through thousands, and it's always the same. If you win, you're very patient through the shaking hands line. If you lose, you, you get through it as fast as you can and get to the <laughs> other side. And it's just that's true for pretty much everybody. You know, this is something that um, is pretty frequent and normal, but it seems like I've noticed maybe this year, and I don't know why, maybe I've just looked for it more, but seeing guys that have been competing against each other, I've mentioned a few times on the radio this season about um, stopping for a moment in the line and congratulating each other and saying, you know, patting each other on the back, that was a you know, great game or, or, you know, more than just those words and having a, a brief mini conversation, real signs of respect I feel like I've seen that a lot this year. Yeah, I think uh, probably a little bit more maybe, but just because we weren't shaking yeah. hands, I think, last year. And, you know, I'll probably usually spend more time if I've got a personal relationship with the other coach, win or lose. Uh, sometimes I don't because I'm so upset with how we played. It's Again, there's so much – until you've been through it, I told you it's hard to explain if you haven't been through – a 40-minute battle, and especially if things didn't go your way, which they didn't yesterday, and I'm not getting an excuse at all because it was a bad, bad deal. There's so much going through your mind about your team and what ha- you know, and what you're going to say in the locker room. There, things, those things are already yeah. transpiring in your mind of what's going on, and that's why usually I'm pretty quick through the handshake line. Let's get to you know because you got so much going on in your mind that just went on for the past two hours. 40-minute game usually is lasting about two hours right now. And then, especially if they don't go – things didn't go well, you're thinking already what – what you know, how do we need to handle that? What do we need to say to our team? What do – you know, what – it's just it's, – it's, it's hard to explain unless you've been through it. It's a, it's a interesting next one minute whether you've won or lost. Not asking uh, for a specific story or anecdote, but because you've done it so often – when you're on that winning side and you see a coach who's livid and a blow by's coming, you just got to let it go, you, you right? You do. You just let it go. You just let it go. Yeah, absolutely. He may or may not be mad at you, but he's mad. And yeah. you, you recognize you just got to let it go. Yeah, we had a game this year that I was extremely upset with at home that a guy called timeout with, I think, four or five seconds to go, and they're up four or five. And uh, similar situation, a little not really because we. I don't think I don't think we were pressing. I don't know. I think the game was over. We were letting it uh, play out, and they called timeout, and I was extremely unhappy. Uh, and you know, uh, but I knew, you know, I'm not going to do anything in the handshake line. I might have gave a stare or said a thing or two, but from a distance, as he called timeout, but. Uh, um, you know, they, things get heated. I did. I mean, that's, I didn't appreciate, and I might have, and I tried to think, have I done that? I don't know. I mean, people started bringing up today that Juwan Howard was upset because they, the other team called out. They 
they actually brought up he did the exact same thing about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple exact same thing. Exact they were up thing. 18, 16 or 18 with 50 seconds to go, and he calls timeout. I mean, but when emotions I, are I, going, when emotions the going, logic you don't think that, about it. And, yeah. and again, it's so easy to start. Everybody, I see all this stuff on Twitter, and I see all these things, and I'm like, God, it's so easy to start judging everybody. And not saying right or wrong, it's so easy. But, gosh, I've been in that heat. I've been in that battle. I've been in there, and I'm like, gosh, that is just so wrong. You don't want to do it. But, man, you know, until you walked in those shoes, that's not right. It's not right what he did. No question. That's why I don't start – I don't judge – if I don't – if I haven't been in your shoes, I don't start judging. I don't start yeah. judging. I don't, yeah. I'm not one to sit back and start judging other people when I haven't done what they've been through. And, um, and I'm not it, – it's definitely wrong. But, man, I, I, what I'm saying is I've been it, – it, things get emotional – and I'm just a little shocked it doesn't happen a little bit more yeah. at times, especially amongst the players, because they've just been such so battling in such a, a high level, you know, game. Uh, I'm glad it doesn't, though. Well, fortunately, because you've been doing it AAU and even you know little league, you know CYC or whatever, that you've been conditioned, and, and maybe that's a good thing to help kids control their temper. Yeah, you know. Again, I think it's one of those things every one of these kids have been doing a handshake line for so long in their lives because you do a handshake line after every Little League baseball. You do it after everything. And everything's conditioned. This is just what we do. And it's the end of the battle. It's the end of the competition. It's end of the – and – and it's 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 and when something like this happens to me, it's almost so impressive that things don't happen. Yeah, it's agreed. just more impressive to me because we all take it for granted that it's just what you do, and it is at ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. For sure, people are able to in the in the battle in the competition, and let's everybody go their separate ways. But you, once you start thinking about it, you're a little shocked it doesn't happen a little bit more. And thank goodness it doesn't. Yeah, I've I guess I've been doing Division One games. I'm trying to think. What am I up to, Brian Kunderman? About 1,200 Billiken games, a little less maybe. Yeah, and four more years in the south of division. Yeah. I've never witnessed anything like that. And if you think about it, that's probably amazing. Yeah. And it's a, that's a very yeah. much of a positive statement that things don't uh, get out of hand at all. You know, yep. it's, it's been good. It's, it's, it's usually very, 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 very positive. Well, let's leave that on that note and glad that we don't have to deal with that. But I will re- say, oh. you know, but to add to it, you know, there's a lot of debate now. Do you, should you have a handshake line or shouldn't you? Yes, you should have a handshake line. I mean, you should. I mean, that's my opinion. Everybody's got their own opinion. Everybody's titled to their own. But my opinion is, yeah, it doesn't hurt to shake hands. And, you know, we used to have a policy, uh, an A-10 policy after that, you know how we line up across the national anthem line yes. across the free th- across the court. There was a A10 policy. You had to go shake hands with the before other the game and meet at half court. COVID stopped all that. So yeah, yeah. I think you know. I, I don't know what the actual number is of of any kind of an altercation, but it 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 can't be. It's oh. way less than one percent. Oh, way like, less. Way. That's what I said. It, so to change point the rule, zero, zero, zero. to change the rules for that would be yeah, yeah. pretty much of a, I think, a ridiculous I, not, reaction. Not, you know, I I think you should continue to do it just because that's what you do, and you should be able to shake the other team's hands. But you know, be honest with you, none of us. You know, like I said, all the code we're just getting through the line. You're you're yeah. telling good job, good game, good luck. You know, things like that, and you're moving on. There's not much to it, to be honest with you. Exactly right. That's Travis Ford. I'm Bob Ramsey. Special guest coming up on the Billiken Coaches Show. Don't go away here on X. Welcome back. It's the Billiken Coaches Show here on X. I'm Bob Ramsey. Travis Ford is here, and senior point guard DeAndre Jones joins us. First of all, DeAndre, coach, make you guys run a little bit today because you just laid around in the apartment uh, yesterday? <laughs> I mean, we got some good work in today. You got better, so. Now, you didn't deny the laying around, though. Uh, had some homework and stuff I had to do, clean up clean up the rooms. So it's regular stuff. We've been gone a lot lately. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what an interesting season. First of all, let's talk about the interesting career you've had. Central Arkansas, um, all-time leader in assists, is that correct? Yeah. 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 
over 500 assists. Do you ever talk to Yuri about how if he's going to be able to catch you? Uh, not really. I don't even know the exact number of assists I have, uh, but he'll probably blow mine away. So, well, you got to have coach get more minutes in there, and so you, right. you can hold him off. Yeah, you can hold him off. Yeah. So, how does a guy? And we talked about it when the Billikens got that great win up at Boise, and you had a lot of family and friends there, which was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um. How does a guy from Boise, Idaho, end up in Arkansas? I lived in Arkansas. That's hard. you got to want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> it was different for sure. Um, I went to a uh, prep school, uh, Linkier Prep. It was in uh, Branson, Missouri. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so <clears throat> a couple of my teammates had been committed there already, and uh, their coaches would always be in and out of our practices because it was right down the road. It wasn't far. And uh, – they just saw me in practice um, doing well, um, and they liked my game more and more, and we just started talking, and, yeah, so that's how I ended up there. So when when you're recruited, I'm sure you're recruited out of high school too. You go, you take the prep route, and um, is it is it a gut feel for uh, how real the coaches are and developing a relationship? Is Tell me about the elements that go through your mind in that decision-making process. Yeah, I mean – it was a lot of schools that uh, reached out to me here and there, um, for sure. Some fell off, like, after I went to prep school and stuff. Um, but UCA, they always just uh, they stayed in contact with me, were honest with me, um, showed me a vision of what they had for me, and it just felt right. Uh, on my visit with the guys, um, just hanging out with them, I felt like I could compliment everyone there, and it just, yeah, it just felt right, so... Billiken point guard DeAndre Jones with us. And um, so, what, a little over a year ago, you came with Central Arkansas into St. Louis and kind of stuck it to us a little bit. Um, I'm surprised Coach would even talk to you. So how did that develop? You come in, you have a great game against the Billikens, and then season's over. And, and how did that whole you two getting together, how did that happen? Um, I could kind of tell you, you know, obviously – DeAndre, as you mentioned, came here and played really well. Scored 22, I think, on us one time. I think yeah. maybe even played you twice. Once yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's right. And always had a tremendous amount of respect for him as a player, just competing against him and doing scout and report. And uh, mid midway through April or May, I can't remember what it was, we were looking for a combo guard. Somebody that could play with Yuri and be a point guard if Yuri wasn't in the game, but could do both. And we were looking, and Phil Forte actually came into me and just said, "Hey, do you? I think you guys might have played against Central Arkansas because they were in Phil Forte's league last year. Central oh, Arkansas right. was." That's right. And he said, "I know there's a really good point guard that's in the portal. I didn't even know DJ. We call him DJ. Yeah, it was in the portal." At the time, and I said, oh, I love him. He's a really good player. But he said, hey, he actually got hurt. He tore his ACL in January, and I didn't know that necessarily either. And he said, but I've talked to him, and he's feels like he's really healthy, and he's going to be okay, and he may not be able to work out throughout the summer. Um, and I said, I don't care. You know, he's an older player, so he's going to be – he doesn't need the summer necessarily. He's older. He'll be – as long as he feels fine right now – boy, he'd be exactly what we need, 100%. So we kept pursuing, talking to him, you know, make sure he felt healthy and all that, and everything, I think, worked out on both ends, you know, as far as what he was looking for. He wanted to go someplace he kept to win and won a whole lot at Central Arkansas, but he wanted to go someplace where he had a little bit of a winning culture and hopefully have some winning, you know, a winning season. So the ACL thing, mm-hmm. uh, because we all know we're going through it with Javante. Yeah. Um, talk about – the uh, emotional part of dealing with that when yeah. you blow your knee out. And that sometimes I think, and most of the time when, when you're an athlete, I mean, the emotional part is the hardest to deal with, I think. Yeah, that was that's definitely something I feel like uh, you have to go through it to really fully understand it. And it was a long, long process for sure, especially just <clears throat> uh, being a grad transfer after my season, uh, like I was hurt from my senior lie and just not knowing like what was next for me really. Um, but it, it was a long process, just working hard, just hoping the uh, right opportunity would come and 
uh, I was going to be all right. And Coach Ford and them reached out to me, and uh, <clears throat> it didn't it didn't really seem like they were too worried about my knee, which a lot of a lot of schools were, and they would be here and there and fall off, like asking me to send pictures of my knee and just <laughs> really oh, yeah. yeah, like yeah. just kind of nervous about the knee and. Uh, they just seemed like they believed in me and uh, were confident and liked my game. So it just kept me going, and I knew that right opportunity would come for me. So. The uh, One of the things about that rehab, were you the kind of guy that had to be pushed, or did you, knew, did you know you had to be in the gym and you had to be getting your leg back? Yeah. Um, I, I was really uh, – motivation came from myself, really, yeah. just because – I wanted to get back out there. I never really had had a long injury like that or anything. And I was kind of one of those people, like, I thought it could never happen to me type. So, I mean, one, once rehab came, I knew I was gonna, it was going to be hard. But I just kept pushing and uh, here now. So Yeah, if you can get through the grind, especially early, then it starts to come back quick. It gives you a little more motivation, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. You st- start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and – it's really about like the small uh, progression, like the small wins, like starting to jog, starting to run, just those small developments uh, help me help me keep going. Well, I haven't he hadn't missed a step. That I mean, if 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 you didn't know it, you no. wouldn't know he'd blown it out. No, not at all. He's I don't I don't know how much he even thinks about it at this point. But yeah. um, you know, when he came in and ready was ready to start playing, he actually was out there a little sooner than we anticipated. And that's a testament to him because most 95% of all of his rehab were done, was done away from here. And after he kind of left central Arkansas a little bit and you have to be self-motivated or you would, it would have never, ever yeah. gotten back. And you know, the big thing is, yes, part of, is it getting back strong, getting your legs strong again, getting it fully rehabbed and where it's hundred percent healed, but also gaining that confidence back is always a big thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up confidence. I want to ask you, I don't want to get all Oprah here, but I want to talk about this season for you. And if I'm wrong, you coach knows he tells me that I'm wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. jump right in there. But it seemed like I don't even want to use the word slump, but there was that there was a point where maybe you lost a little confidence. Cause I remember, yeah. and then you had a big game and I remember come up and tell you, you know, welcome back. It's great to see your confidence back. Tell me about that period and getting through it and coming out the other side. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I had a pretty good game against UAB or somebody, and then uh, I ended up getting COVID or whatever, and I think I just kind of missed uh, some games and kind of just got out of the rhythm I was starting to build up and uh, momentum yeah. and everything. So I think, I mean, just maybe just – coming back a little timid like like just feeling it out again like not trying to do too much not trying to do too much on the knee and I mean just after that just realizing like I've been doing this a long time like I gotta play my game regardless um I mean it's still something I'm trying to get back to where I was before but it gets better each each game so what did you see coach yeah, no question. You know, he he was he was playing well, and then you know uh, he did get COVID, and then you know maybe some games he didn't play as much, and that's hard to gain confidence when you play. You know, and he and I talked about it. I took responsibility probably more than it was his game that sometimes I may not have given him as many minutes as maybe he probably needed, or maybe we were playing well and I didn't put him in, and it's hard for. And I've shared this with him, maybe not enough, and some of these guys. You know, but I talk about it amongst our staff. This is a totally different role for him. He's used to playing 30-something minutes a game. This is not, yeah. yeah, this is not easy. And yeah. I fully grasp that, fully grasp that uh, this is a totally different role. But now, you know, obviously we've been winning. And, you know, I know he's uh, an ultimate team player and he's excited about the wins that we have gotten and things like that. But, uh you know, he probably has deserved more minutes than he's probably gotten at times, but it's kind of harder. You know, you've got Yuri, who we all know is one of the great point guards in our league, and then Gibson's, you know, yeah. we rely on him to score so much. Uh, but, uh, you know, we feel extremely comfortable with him in the game, with him and Yuri in the game together. We feel very good about it. And uh, um, he's going to be a big – we talked about in our staff meeting today, you know, we got four regular season games left, so – and then you had to postseason. We need to start being our best about right now. Well, whoever we are needs to come out. And we talked about he. We think he's going to be a big part of that, uh, and probably 
you know, maybe get a few more minutes than he has been getting, but we think he's going to be a big, big part of that. How hard is it to put away a bad game like the whole team had on Saturday and, and do exactly what Coach is asking, play our best basketball moving forward? Yeah. Um, we've all played in a lot of basketball games. We won a lot and lost a lot. So it's kind of just like that never too high, never too low type mm-hmm. mentality. So we got four more games and then the tournament coming up after that. So we got to move on from it quick and uh, be ready for the next one. And with the games coming so quick, um, has that hurt? Not necessarily you, just you personally, but if you observe, has it hurt um, ability to focus and have the – have the attention to detail that you might have when you get an extra day between games? Um, I think it could play a little bit of an effect, but not too much. Uh, I think coaching uh, the whole staff does a great job preparing us for every opponent um, with film, scout, breaking down everything. So I think we do a good job on top of that. So, so do they ever say after, you know, they give you the game plan and then why didn't you follow it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's happened for sure <laughs> I, would, I would like to know and i do this obviously we've had transfers here as far as scouting reports are concerned how how is it different than central arkansas how you did things there compare yeah. as far as preparing for games yeah um i feel like here it's very like set like first day we kind of just uh break down the overview of just broad stuff and then dive into it more the second day. So like two days of preparation where at UCA, it wasn't, it wasn't quite broke down with that. We didn't quite watch as much film as we do on all their sets and everything. Um, And it it was different because we had our head coach. uh, We got a new head coach in the middle of the season. So we had to take on a whole new, Oh wow. It's true. Trying to build a whole new culture and run everything differently. So, we really tried a lot of different stuff while right. with scouting, but yeah. we definitely do a lot. Here. I know we, we have to take a break and let you go, but I want to ask one more thing. Jim Jackson, our, our boss, is going to kill us. But <laughs> what, one more thing that I've observed. Playing for Travis Ford, you can't be stupid. There's a lot going on out there and a lot of things you expect guys to pay attention to and do. Am I right about that? You can't be a dummy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. You definitely uh, got to be on your P's and Q's for everything. So, but I feel like that goes for a lot of okay. a lot of college coaches around the country too. So. Maybe I'm just representing all the dummies out there. <laughs> DeAndre, it's a pleasure watching you play. So glad you've been here this season. Looking forward for great things for the next month. We're gonna play another month. Yeah, definitely for sure. That's DeAndre <laughs> Jones. We're gonna take a break. Final word on the Billiken Coaches Show when we come back. This is on KMOX. Welcome back to the Billiken Coaches Show. Bob Ramsey and, of course, Travis Ford is with us. And, uh, you know, talk about relationships for a minute, Coach. And DeAndre Jones, really, really delightful young man. And uh, when you develop those and somebody becomes a part of your team, your culture, your Team Blue thing – it's really rewarding, and it goes both ways. Yeah, it's you know, and it's uh, it's really special. You know, he decided to come spend his last year with us, and what a terrific, terrific young man. And you know, and it's it it doesn't show a lot, uh, you know, um, especially the way I coach on the sidelines. But it 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 after my coaches know. It tears me up after games that I don't get everybody in the game and I don't get some guys maybe minutes that I wish they, that I planned on getting. And, you know, I want everybody to play. I want everybody to have a great experience. I know that's just – it's not it's not possible to do that. You can't play everybody all the minutes that everybody wants to play. And, you know, and I know DJ uh, is one of those guys – and the reason I bring that up is, uh, you know – there's times I probably should have played him more uh, at Mm. times uh, because he does understand what we're doing out there and he brings some experience to us and, uh, you know, probably a little more playing time, probably develop a little bit more rhythm and probably uh, would probably have a little bit, obviously, better stats but be more comfortable. But just a terrific, terrific young man who uh, I've enjoyed being around every day. Uh, Just a great personality, very, very low-key 
not a lot bothers him, and I've been hard at him at times. I'm hard on all my guards. And you always and, say you coach hard. Yeah, and and uh, you know, uh, he's just been a a, a a joy to be around every day. Yeah, when you and then when guys are willing to accept roles, even if you feel like you got to give them, they should have more minutes, and, but they still accept it and keep giving you effort. And he falls right under in that category, one hundred percent in that category. Now, one single time have I had an issue with him when he didn't play the minutes that he might have could have deserved, or he didn't play many at all. There's been a games he didn't you didn't get in a whole lot. Never once. As much as I knew inside he was upset and tore up and wanted to play and probably mad at me, you never saw it. And that's what I tell our team. I've been in, I've been as a player in situations where I thought I should play, but I never wanted to affect a teammate or let anybody know it. Maybe inside I did, but you would never know it on the outside. And that's when it becomes a problem when guys have an, added, an outward bad attitude when they don't play the minutes that they mm-hmm. think they should be playing. And you and it's noticeable that they have a bad attitude on the bench, or they have a bad attitude in the locker room, or when it becomes noticeable is all right. Maybe you know, maybe they're not the team player that they say they want to be, because if you're not playing 20 minutes a game, everybody's upset. I mean, I don't (laughs) expect you to be happy that you're not playing, but you also got to understand it's a total team game. Coach, thanks very much for the visit. We'll get after it tomorrow courtside. Here at Shafe, it's 6.45 the pregame, 7 o'clock the tip, right here on KMOX. It's the Billiken Coaches Show. Thanks to DeAndre Jones. Thanks to Jim Jackson. Thanks to Michael Langston, Brian Kunderman, of course, Travis Ford. I'm Bob Ramsey. Good night from the Travis Ford Broadcast Center. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.